Hey everybody, welcome to the Theomatic Podcast, the place that we are making good theology automatic. This is season two already. Thanks to everybody who joined us for season one. We're really excited for this season because we're going to be answering questions, your questions. Every episode is going to be a response and an answer to a question that somebody asked. And so we're so glad that you're with us. Every time that you leave a comment, rate, or subscribe, it helps get the word out for more people to join us. So make sure you do that on whatever platform you're listening on. And let's jump right into today's episode. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us today. Today's question comes from Bash Ramirez on TikTok. Thanks, Bash. Thanks, Bash. And he asks, how do I follow God with all my heart when I still feel conformed to the world? Great question. That is a great question. Mm-hmm. Conformed to the world. Yeah. I want to start with a passage. And uh, just because it uses the same lingo, so Bash, I don't know if you are... Um, drawing this from scripture or if that's how you talk i don't know have you ever talked do you talk that no, way Dan? i don't talk that way no uh, but i no. think that you've definitely felt what he's meaning yeah yeah <laughs> i had to literally look up the dictionary de- definition of conformed because you know how they change over time like the words change meaning uh, i like this uh to be similar or identical to to be in agreement or harmony yeah you know so i think what Bash is probably asking is like, how can I follow God when I still feel so connected and the things of the world drag me back in and I identify with them and, yeah. you know, my flesh and my emotions seem to be in cadence with what they're, uh, you know, after. Yeah. yeah. And, and so is it, is it like this idea that the world is pulling me in or, Hey, if I'm really honest, I'm, I like the things of the world and mm-hmm. maybe a combination maybe of both. Maybe all both, yeah. And we've all, yeah. So let me read a scripture and then mm-hmm. we can talk about what we know, whether people use the term, I'm conformed to the world or not, we know the sentiment mm-hmm. almost everybody relates with. Of, yeah. I'm, I'm drawn to, I'm, I'm still addicted to or whatever it is, the ways of the world. So, yeah. But here, here's a, a scripture that talks about this and mm-hmm. maybe even presents the antidote. So Paul says this after after 11 chapters in the book of Hebrews. Uh, I've actually looked it up. It's about 5,000 words of some of the greatest theology ever written, yeah. right? Yeah, after, you did a whole series on I Romans did, and it was yes, amazing. I did, a, <laughs> I did a sermon on this. So after like 11 chapters of some of the greatest theology ever written, he says this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, in light of all of that truth that I just wrote about, in light of the mercies of God, here's the here's the invitation to present your body mm. as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's good. And just because it's for fun, that word there is logikos. So it's the logical, it's your logical or reasonable response mm-hmm. to in light of all of who God is, that we would we would lay down our lives and sacrifice to him. Now, now here's the key verse for this question today. He says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by mm. testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So how do I follow God? How do I know his will and follow mm-hmm. him yeah. if I'm conformed to the world? And Paul says, don't be conformed to the world, <laughs> but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll know how to follow God. Hello. So 
let's maybe expand for and just yeah. you know w- take what bash here is saying and asking and yeah. and what we know generally people are are fighting and wrestling with and, yeah and let's talk about this so how do we how do we follow god in this tension mm-hmm. of whether you call it the ways of the world sin mm-hmm. fleshly desires addictions yeah. Whatever it might be, how how do we follow God when we're caught in that tension? Yeah, and ha- you know, yeah, I think there's probably some examples from the Bible of people that have been caught in that tension. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, I think we should link your. You did a particular sermon where you hit this chapter. I think we should literally link it. Do you know if the Heart of the City has it online? I have it. Still? Yeah. Okay, we should link it. Seriously, yeah. it's it's um, of your sermons. I think it's in the top three, and it's it's definitely in like the top ten sermons I've heard. Uh, it was one of my favorites you've ever preached. You know, so we should... coming from you, Daniel. <laughs> That's a big that means a lot, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was phenomenal. Uh, I was in the front row, so we should link that. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about the how. How do you follow God when you feel conformed to the world? Um, I'll just give my two cents. Um, we read a great scripture, Paul's antidote. I agree with, I've used this antidote. It does work. What I do personally, um, I'm just going to give you my how to is typically and often when I feel conformed to the world, it's when I'm tired alone, I'm beat down. And those things are so much more enticing. Uh, to me than they than they are when I feel strong and fresh and filled with the spirit and so um, filling yourself up with great teaching great theology reading mm-hmm. the word singing songs and hymns surrounding yourself with other Christians going to church like we talked about in the last episode those things it's like uh, I think you've seen the analogy where there's a glass of water and it's filled with all sorts of things and the solution to pollution is dilution you fill it up with the water and it dilutes it out it, there's no more room for it when you're so filled with the things of God. And so you want to know a really simple how to fill yourself up with the things of God. And I think you will find that the things of the world don't have the same kind of hold on you when your focus is Christ. So really simply how to transform by the renewing you you, up your intake of the things of God, reading, listening, singing, writing, hanging out, conversations. If you up those things, I have found in my life that those things don't have as much of a hold of me okay. and I don't feel as conformed. So is your is your advice to people, you know, what whoever it be, family, friends, when you're when you're pastoring them, do you actually like encourage them, well, don't focus on the sin or don't focus on that, yeah. focus on Christ or what's yeah, in your opinion, what's the what's yeah. the space for like, okay, I do need to identify the sin or the yeah, whatever yeah, and I sure. need to come up with a plan for it. But yeah, what's the balance there between focusing on the, the negative thing versus focusing on what you're going to? You're talking about being filled up with the positive. Okay, I'll, I'll give you two examples from okay. scripture really. So I don't think you should focus on the sin. I think you should focus on Jesus. Okay. And this is why um, Peter gets out of the boat Jesus calls right. to him when he's looking at Jesus, his eyes are on Jesus. He's doing the miraculous. He's walking on water. Yeah. But then in the text, it says that he sees the waves all around him. And what happens is he sees the size of the waves and waves in comparison to the size of himself and his own ability. And he immediately takes his eyes off. Jesus looks at the problems and begins to sink. And I think that's true. In, fa- in fact, the word says that the law arouses your sinful desires. When we start focusing on our own ability to solve the problems, you'll never find the solution there. In fact, I, 
I, it's like quicksand. The more you struggle, sometimes the deeper you get into it. And so keeping your eyes on Jesus without neglecting the fact that you have a sin or a problem or a struggle. So the other scripture I would say, and, and let's put the references up. I don't know. It's so committed. I use it so often. I forget the re- reference, but um, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds, or the word there is hoopa yeah. or what we get like, you know, for super. So, yeah. so this is what, so I, it's in Romans. It's in Romans. Okay. Of us have Perfect the chapter. But. Perfect. Um, so when you own your sin, admit it, bring it to the throne, say, no, no, this is in my life. That's different than focusing on fixing it, simply owning it and bring it to the throne and letting grace swallow it up, I think is the beginning of the remedy and then filling yourself up with the things of God Mm. to push it out. So that's my opinion. So there's a difference between acknowledging something, identifying it, because if you don't identify a problem, you're probably not going to fix it. Yeah, for sure. But identifying and acknowledging and confessing and bring it to light yeah. is not the same as focusing on that thing instead of the other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I'm a golfer. We're both golfers. Mm-hmm. And I remember you think spe- about your swing. <laughs> yeah. I remember especially when yeah. I was younger, I would I would just you know, during a tournament I would tell myself, Don't slice it here. Don't slice it here. Don't slice don't and what am I gonna do? You're gonna slice it You're here. You're gonna slice it. <laughs> now so what we're saying then is acknowledge the areas that your swing needs work do not spend your round focusing on those negative things. Yeah. Focus on I'm gonna hit this, you know. Okay, so 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 this person, or we see this all the time, specifically like when it comes to pornography. Yeah. How do I how do I overcome that addiction? It's just one of many. But then it's like I see these people and they just they're so focused on that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. And then they're just thinking about that one thing. And I'm, I'm like, just fall more in love with Jesus. Yeah. It Holy Spirit. Obsession, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So we're starting with the place of, yes, it's good to identify what are the areas that you're quote conformed to the world or fe- feeding the flesh or whatever it is, what sin areas identify them, but let your primary focus be on falling in love with God, yeah, getting to know God, getting to know his word, his heart, being filled with his spirit. And so, but then what would you say is, okay, so you said a delusion earlier. Delusion. Del- delusion, not delusion. Delusion <laughs> to pollution is delusion. <laughs> no, delusion, yeah. It's chemistry. There is now. a difference between those there two is. words. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. So how far are you taking that analogy when it, okay, when I'm saying, okay, well, I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit. I know, challenge me on it. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, so I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm whatever. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Daniel said dilution. So that porn addiction is just going to fade out of me. Is that true? Or I don't know. Like, how, well, think- how does that work? Like, yes, I agree with you. Primary focus should be relationship with God. And, and he's, his job is sanctification. But what's, right. what are the roles that we have? Is it confession? Do you have to confess every time? Is it accountability? It, is it, I don't know, killing, denying the flesh and cutting that thing out of your life? Or like, right, what's, the, the other way. what's the balance there? Great question. So Titus 2.11, one of my favorite scriptures, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, teaching us to renounce ungodliness and live upright and holy lives in this present age. The same grace that saved you is also the same grace that teaches you how to renounce ungodliness and live upright and holy lives wow. now. 
I named my son Titus after that scripture because when I was a young man and I was going through all the things that young men go through and just, you know, trying to find my way in life and figure out relationships, I felt conformed to the world for sure. Mm -hmm. And all these youth pastors and other people in my life who were well-meaning and amazing people were like, there's, you have so much potential. You could do all these things, you know, but here comes the world just yanking me back in and popularity and the school and all these things. I wouldn't even have identified back then it's this one particular sin that has a hold on me or I have XYZ addiction, but I definitely had conformity to the world. I wanted to be loved, like, and known by the world. I wanted Mm. to be functional in the world. And I had all these wonderful Christians in my life saying, but you could do so much more for Christ, right? So that's the battle I found myself in. Maybe other people are in that as well. But the way I found my way through it was Titus 2.11 and just constantly focused every time I felt drugged back in or longing to go back to either way, I was, I would own that sin or that thought or that desire and then be so grateful for the grace of God that I could still be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, despite my behaviors and that all my sins that I would ever commit over my whole life were pinned to that cross Mm -hmm. and forgiven. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when I was 16, I'm like, there's a sin when I'm 17 that I'm going to commit that Jesus has already forgiven me Mm -hmm. for. And that blew my mind. And so I would focus on the level of forgiveness that I had. Mm -hmm. And in that way, it did dilute it. And I started to get more and more freedom. So that's what I mean. So maybe it diluted its power. It's hold. It's hold on you. Yeah, it's hold. It wasn't as desirable when you're fully loved and known by God. In fact, love is even better the more you're known. All the ugliness in your life and all the awful things about you when you're known and still loved and accepted, it meets the deepest need that you have. Right. And so those things didn't have the same hold on me because they're just fulfilling the same need that I was already getting fulfilled by Jesus. Right. I think one thing that maybe is important to touch on that people would wonder, sometimes people wonder, do I need to confess every, you know, everything every time? And what's important is the answer will be no in regards to do you need to confess it to ensure that you're still saved? Yeah. Because when you're saved, you're not, you, you don't then go and have to confess every sin in order to keep or maintain or re-get salvation. But right. ought we confess when we, when we recognize something has a hold on us? Yeah. Yeah. Because when it's in the light, it loses its power. Yeah. Or a good saying is what lives in the dark dies in the light, right? So you, you like wow, that Wow, Daniel. <laughs> Somebody tweet that, please. Somebody. Right. Wait, I'm not even on Twitter. Are you on Twitter? <laughs> no, no. Somebody meme that Somebody and meme it. put it on Instagram. It's not mine. I can't remember where I got it from, so, but I, I remember someone said Well, you know what they like, say about quotes? Really good. You say, first time you quote somebody, you say, my friend Daniel said blank. <laughs> you and then the it. second time you quote something, you say, somebody once said blank. And then the third time you quote it, you say, I always say <laughs> You blank. know what I always say? <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't me. I wish it was, but it really spoke to me, um, you know, to that whole um, fear of repenting of every sin. I'm like, good luck. Again, then you're you're really a slave to sin still. You're a slave to your or own, your religion, your yeah, your thought religion, process exactly. that if I do all the, if I, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've had 
people, especially when it comes to sexual sin, or maybe they're in a marriage, they're young married, and they're still struggling with thoughts. They're like, should I tell my spouse every thought that I have? I'm like, 100% no. <laughs> um, 100% don't do that. You are battling through something that's real and it's challenging. And this is why you have the church, brother, you know, or sister. I, I don't actually counsel women. That would be my wife. But you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's always brothers coming to me and I'm like, dude, that's why you have me. Let's talk about it. It's We're not going to be hiding this struggle from your spouse, but the details of that are only hurtful. And so let's deal with the real sin and let's trust the word when it says, confess your sin to one another and you'll be healed. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just confess healing over that brother. It's like, dude, no, no, no. Like it already has less of a hold on you today because you're not isolated alone and hiding right. it. You're already winning. And while you're still in a battle and you may be for years to come, you're going to, you're going to win. Right. I believe that, dude. I've seen it hundreds of times. People just, they, it, it may take some people three or four months to break something really challenging and other people three or four years, but if you're still fighting, you're winning. Totally. It's, yeah, all about, and that's why certain mm -hmm. key issues, which we won't talk about specifically today, but certain key issues are big deals in society right mm -hmm. now because there's so many sins that we agree are a sin and I might, struggle with it but i'm never saying it's okay i'm gonna keep, i'm just gonna keep doing that yeah but i'm fighting it and then there's others that people are saying no that's totally fine it let's actually call it good let's call what's evil good and that's why we have a problem is because we don't don't ever want to get to the place where we're just accepting and right. calling something that's evil good and giving ourselves to it right but if you're fighting and you're saying man lord i'm messing up but i know you're empowering me and and there's hope mm. for tomorrow um Okay, so what's the what's the balance between? Oh, and I just want to say one more thing too about what you just said. We had a, a different episode this season that was all about the value of the church. Yeah. And yet again, another value of the church is how are we going to walk this out if we're always alone and we don't have anybody mm -hmm. that's encouraging us that we are bringing it to light. Yeah. So absolutely. Man, we could do a whole episode on. I've had this question asked a lot. Do I have to confess to a priest? No, 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 you no. Jesus is the high priest. You go directly to him. But does the New Testament say we should confess one to another? And should we? Yeah, we should. Because when we confess to another human, it's the craziest thing. It when is. you confess something to another human, even have you experienced this? Even though yes. you told God a thousand times and you know between you and the highest authority, he's forgiven you. Yes. But there's something right. that happens when you confess it to another human that really their opinion of you doesn't matter and they can't, mm -hmm. they're not the ones absolving you. God has forgiven you. You've already gone to the high priest, but when you tell another human, it just breaks. Yeah, I think my theory on it, this isn't found in scripture, but my theory is that um, the adversary of your soul, the world and your flesh, they're so fearful of being found out. Mm -hmm. And so that proclivity to keep sin hidden stops that gr grace from flowing. And I always say like the Lord can do so much with an unrighteous person, but he can do nothing with a self-righteous person. Mm -hmm. And so if you're always trying to look good, but hide your sin, there's not much for you. Wow. But if you can, right. I mean, we saw that at the two people at the, at the altar and one is like, Oh God, I'm the awful sinner. And the other is a tax, exactly. you know, tax collector. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so I think what God's heart is for you in confession is not for forgiveness or for absolution. I think it's to prevent the number one, in my opinion, the number one um, 
chain of bondage, which is discovery, Adam's sin, hide yourself, hide hide yourself, covering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So by confession, it's like, it's out in the open now, someone knows, and that, that doesn't have as much of a hold on you. So I think that's, that's my theory on why that that's so helpful to getting free. So bash and anybody else that's, uh, resonating with this, which my guess is probably pretty much everybody. Oh yeah. Because because sure. we all are still living in this world. And and by the way, the Apostle Paul himself, man, I do the things I don't want to do. I always I don't, end up doing yeah. I don't do the things I want to do. Uh, and so we're you're not alone, friend. So uh, what are some, some final thoughts that we can offer to anybody? Encouragement. Maybe I'll go first since I already started addressing Bash. Mm-hmm. Um, you, that That's the number one thing. Hey, you're not alone. We're all facing this. Um, number two, everything that, or mo- most of what we've already talked about, get some people around you mm. that you trust and that you can be real with. Because like Daniel said, a, a hidden sin will die in the light or at least be on the path towards dying. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then maybe the last thing I'll say is, he- here's the theological word sanctification is the job of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so as the Holy Spirit fills you and you pursue relationship with God, which is primary, the Holy Spirit, he is doing a work even when you're not working. That's good. Okay. So it's the whole theme of Sabbath ceasing that we trust that God is still moving in us and, and doing his work. It's the Holy Spirit that's sanctifying you. That's making you like him, even when you're not the one working. Mm. Um, but then the contrast of that is this, that Jesus does say, pick up your cross and follow me. Or, you know, Jesus talks about cutting off the hand if it causes you to yeah. sin or, or deny the flesh. So whatever term you want to use. So I just I just challenge everybody out there. How do I follow God? And yet I'm still feeling myself drawn to the things of the world. Find number one, number one, pursue God in relationship. And then number two, find ways to, in a healthy way, put to death the the things of the world or the things of the flesh that you know are are not good for you. Yeah. So that would be my my yeah, thoughts. Do you have any I, final thoughts? God's yeah. heart on the issue? Yeah, and I think God's heart is like, you know, when when I was watching my daughter walk for the first time or my son walk for the first time, it's amazing as a parent what I would count as a step. It was really like a half fall and like they moved a leg and I'm like, that was it, they that counted. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're counting like, that one. To know God's heart, I think, is to see him as someone who you know, when you're saved, when you're in Christ, like you're a son, you're Mm -hmm. a daughter, you're a child. And, um, he's not looking for reasons to disqualify you from his blessing. He's looking to make it count for you. Mm -hmm. And so just keep taking steps. Mm -hmm. Like just keep trying. Yeah. You know, that's, um, the, the, the real, the real (sighs) tragedy is when people quit trying to become mm-hmm. more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And while I do believe that just focusing on fixing your sin won't make you more like him, I think you'll sink. I think focusing on becoming like him is what will mm-hmm. make you more like him. Mm-hmm. So sure, maybe you're not happy with your progress. He's thrilled. He's thrilled with it. So just keep taking steps. Yeah. L- let me add one more if I can. And then I want to say a prayer for you guys. Uh, it reminded me of the scripture also in Romans that says, he says, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. Mm. And I just love the way that Paul words that because 
the reality is because of what Jesus has done for us, we are dead to sin. Now we go back to it and we choose it. A dog returns to its vomit all the time. Mm -hmm. That's in scripture. That's not Craig. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to finish by making sure that you all know that if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead Mm -hmm. living in your, in you right now. And so you have the, the power to consider yourself dead to sin or the, the conforming of the world and, and that you would consider yourself in your mind alive to God and pray that way and live that way and pursue him that way. God, I thank you that I'm not a slave to that thing. I'm not a slave to sin anymore. I'm not a slave to fear. I thank you that you are the highest and supreme authority in my life and, and, and begin to believe that through prayer and, and growing in relationship with him. And those things, like Daniel said, will become less and less in your life and have less and less of a hold on you. So you want to close us in a, in a, in a prayer today? Yeah, absolutely. Father God, I thank you so much that you've already made a way where there was no way. I thank you that you loved the human race so much that you became flesh and dwelt among us so that we could see and know God and your father in, in, in a, in a real way. And that, that you paid the price we were just simply unable to pay. Lord, I thank you that we can consider ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ. Mm -hmm. Lord, I thank you that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so, so Lord, from, from that position Mm -hmm. of victory, we just declare that we won't quit fighting. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Mm -hmm. when they say, our God is well able to save us from this fire, but even if he doesn't, I'll never bow. May we have that fighting spirit that we know where our real power and victory comes from, but we're going to stay in the fight as well. So, Lord, I thank you that the antidote to being conformed to the world is to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I thank you that you're doing that right now for so many people watching. I pray a blessing over them and that they would receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining this episode today. We're so glad that you're with us. If this episode spoke to you, make sure you share it with a friend. And every time you leave a comment, subscribe and share, it helps get the word out. We're so glad that you're with us on this journey, and we'll see you next time.